Hey folks, welcome to episode 62 of Podcast Fatboy, and guess what? It's brought to you by the 21st anniversary of the Kirk Cameron movie, Left Behind. The biblical prophecy of Armageddon begins when the rapture instantly takes all believers in Christ from the earth. A reporter left behind learns that the Antichrist will soon take power, and the critics don't lie. Jeff Pavere of the Toronto Star said, in the end, or maybe in the beginning, it won't merely be the unfaithful on the screen who will feel left behind. Marjorie Baumgarten from the Austin Chronicle said the loosely scripted story is further burdened with clunky dialogue and performances, shoddy continuity, and, well, Kirk Cameron. But best said, and I think the best review this movie could get is from James Berardinelli from Real Views. An exceedingly poor made motion picture, Kurt Cameron's Left Behind, 21st anniversary. Check it out on Toby. Who's a fat boy? Hello, welcome everyone. I know, aren't some of these uh, these weird uh, movies that the uh, show is brought to you by? Now, I, I do have to say that it is not brought to you by the movie. We are not sponsored by Left Behind or Kirk Cameron, but we are brought to you by The Passage of Time, the anniversary of of the movie. Now there's no there's no rights on that. I can I can claim rights on that. So yes, I am bringing you the show is sponsored by the Passage of Time and that Passage of Time that I am looking at is the 21 years it's been since uh Kirk Cameron's Left Behind, the ultra Christian movie, uh the anti Catholic as well, uh, some people would say, as, you know, they were not part of the rapture. Unfortunately, Catholics were still roaming around, apparently. And, uh, uh, you know, why Why did I pick this movie? Why, you know, Kirk Cameron has been on my mind a little bit. He's been popping in and out of the news during the pandemic, being a complete asshole, uh, holding his, like, anti-masker rallies where he was caroling around Christmas and, you know, just saying that this whole thing is pretty much a hoax. And it's it's fun when these, you know, born again Christians, they're just a different kind of person. You know, they it's like uh, it's religious cocaine or something for for people to to become a born again Christian. And, and I've always felt that about him. Apparently, Kirk Cam- Cameron became born again Christian uh, during his time on Growing Pains, you know, a, a series that nobody cares to watch reruns of. I know I don't. I know that I'm not falling asleep to that at night. It's no Frasier. It's no Seinfeld. I guess it was a top sitcom of the 80s, but who really fucking cares about Kirk Cameron? And uh, for that matter, Alan Thicke and whatnot. I can't remember the rest of that show. It, Leonardo DiCaprio was a small kid at the very end of it, but you know, growing pains wasn't really my thing. And you know, Kirk Cameron, the reason that I bring up Left Behind and I've been thinking about it, the this movie was actually the first movie set I'd ever been on, and that's because they shot in public in Toronto. They did not have closed sets. Obviously, now as someone that's been in and out of the biz knows that uh, it was a low budget feature. You know, like. If you've got more money, you're able to close sets down. You're you're able to shoot an airport scene at the actual airport in a, in a wing of it. And uh, they didn't do that. What they did for the airport scene is they shot it during the... Uh, 
at the Skywalk, if you know where that is, if you're a Toronto local, the Skywalk is like a, a bridge walking area that takes you from the old Sky Dome, aka the Rogers Center, to Union Station so you can take the train. And in there is kind of a narrow area with high ceilings. And it, you know what? If you put up a couple of, of signs for, you know, for your, you know, uh, to make it look like you're, you're at the, I don't even fly enough to know what, uh, to remember what it's called. It's been so long since I've traveled the gate, you know, put up some gate signs. Uh, it, it can look a little bit if you do a quick shot, like an airport. So that's what they did there. I can't remember what I was coming back from. I remember I was with my, my first major high school girlfriend. So I was probably about 15, yeah, 14, 15 years old. I think we might have been going to see Jerry Seinfeld at Massey Hall. And I think we might have been coming back, but I don't understand why we were going through the skywalk. So anyway, we're walking through the skywalk and there's fucking suitcases littered everywhere. It looks like, well, I don't know. It just seemed like shit was scattered everywhere. It started to feel a little weird. And then as we walked down to the escalator, we saw a big crowd and cameras and everything else. And oh boy, was this, was this exciting, you know, uh, especially in the, the late nineties, a lot of movies were made in Toronto. So who was it going to be? Would it, would it be George Clooney? Would it be, uh, maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger or, uh, you know, Kiefer Sutherland or something like that. But no, as we got closer to the, the small area that they had gated off around where they were shooting, I noticed it was Kirk fucking Cameron and uh, yeah, he was just doing a little airport scene and I watched him as he, you know, I guess was watching a monitor and a plane explode on it because, you know, everything starts exploding in this movie and everything gets uh, sent back to God or whatever. But uh, I watched him do a couple of takes. I laughed during one of the takes and he, you know, it was very noisy. I remember it being very noisy, so it must have been hard. But he did hear because I had quite a cackle and he did turn and look at me and we did. Oh, guys, we did lock eyes for a brief moment. And I did know in that moment that you know, he, he knew I wasn't going to be part of the, the rapture. I was going to be stuck with all these people in the movie, you know, a movie that apparently a lot of the extras were uh, volunteer, which of course, you know, you got to pay probably a million bucks to big Kirk Cameron. And, uh, another little tidbit about left behind is his wife was reading the book. This is a big Christian book, apparently left behind. There's an anthology or something and, uh, Christians go nuts about it. They're, you know, it's like, it's number two to the Bible, apparently to these people. I've talked seven minutes about left behind. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to wrap it up soon. But anyways, his wife was reading this book and she was the one who was like, you got to make this. And I'm going to be the flight attendant in the movie. I want to play this character. I ended up watching this movie a couple weeks ago. I had to. I've always wondered how bad it is because, you know, the reviews are bad. The The people that wrote the, the book sued the production company to get the rights back because they were so unhappy with the adaptation that Kirk Cameron made. So they got the rights back and then they wanted to make a new one. And they did with Nicolas Cage, of course. Oh, my God. Because Nicolas Cage's brother... I know a lot about this for some reason. 
Nicholas Cage's brother is a priest and he really wanted to make this film because of course he loves, he fucking loves this religious shit. And you know, Nicholas Cage, he'll fucking do whatever. He doesn't give a fuck. That's how fucking great he is. He did it. That movie bombed too. And I think that is the nail in the Christian coffin for left behind. But, uh, you know, I'll just say, I have a hate for Kirk Cameron. He has some terrible quotes. Uh, before we move on uh, to my, you know, fitness update and whatnot, I'll just say, you know, uh, on creationism, he said, to say that the banana happened by accident is even more unintelligent than to say that no one designed the Coca-Cola can. I don't know if that's, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if that's really stupid or, you know, it's just, it's that thing, you know? On homosexuality, this is where he really has some great opinions. Uh, he said, I think that it's unnatural. It's detrimental and ultimately destructive to so many of the foundations of civilization. I believe marriage was defined by God. Marriage is almost as old as dirt. And it was defined in the garden between Adam and Eve. One man, one woman for life till death do you part. So I would never attempt to try to redefine marriage. I don't think that anyone else should either. So I do support so do I support the idea of gay marriage? No, I do not. Kirk Cameron, everybody. Human piece of shit. Born again. Cocaine Christian. Uh, fuck this guy. And uh, you know what? I'm glad that, that the best you, you ever did after, after uh, growing pains was this fucking horrible, horrible franchise. Fitness Update. Wow. Cannot believe the rant I went on about Kirk Cameron and Left Behind. We had 10 minutes on it. 10 minutes on Left Behind. I just, I, uh, I kind of love it. I do kind of love it. But we'll get to the fitness update. We'll leave Kirk, Kirk Cameron in the past. And uh, I will say that I did jump on the scale. I finally fucking did. I got the nerve to do it. And uh, it was disheartening. Okay. I'm, I'm uh, 224. You know, when uh, I moved into this house last June, I was, two, I was 208. So that's quite a weight gain. Although I've been working out more than I ever have. Uh, I think I've been building a lot of muscle. I feel a lot more muscly. I don't think it's, it's not like a fat thing in its entirety, you know, like I, I'm not quite losing the weight that I, I'd want to. And that's because of alcohol and, and sugar and whatnot. You know, I'm, I'm still inhaling that hell yesterday. I had a great workout, was on the bike for, you know, 35 minutes. And then I did another workout for another half hour, you know, and, and I was starving and I just, uh, you, sometimes you just fall off a cliff with your diet there. And, uh, yeah, I made a plate of nachos and then I, you know, I was I'll get to why I was feeling really down yesterday, but I, uh, you know, uh, you get into the, the mode sometimes where you're like, fuck it. I'm going to drink what I want. I'm going to eat what I want. I had three fucking rise on ice and then I had, uh, you know, cheesecake, a big hunk of cheesecake. And my wife left a couple of pieces of uh, processed uh, frozen pizza that she didn't finish. So I ate that like a fucking raccoon banshee in the kitchen at like one in the morning. And, you know, I'm someone who gets indigestion uh, passed down for my parents. My mom is a uh, queen indigestion. Uh, if I uh, my whole life I've heard her make the sound. <laughs> that sound a lot. 
Um, and yeah, that's definitely passed down to me. And it's all obviously because, you know, you eat shit anytime you eat inflammatory food, you eat processed food. It's not good. My, you get older, my body fucking can't handle it anymore. It just can't. I got to take psyllium every fucking day to get this shit through me. So I, uh, yeah, I did have a little bit of a, a attack last night where I had to get up, had to take some goddamn Gaviscon and then go sleep on the couch. Cause I just wasn't sure if I was going to, you know, need to turn the TV on or what. I just didn't want to disturb my wife. So anyway, I've been, uh, fitness wise, very happy with my routine now. Very happy. Um, just, you know, uh, I'm trying not to get I'm not obsessed with the scale. I just, you know, a lot of people are with, with weight and stuff. And I'm trying not to think of it too much. As I've said many times in the past, the brief period of time, 15 years ago, when I was a personal trainer, I told people, don't look at that scale too much. Not while, you know, you're at the beginning few months because, you know, you do gain weight and muscle uh, at the same time, faster than you will burn the fat. So, you know, I think that has to do a lot with my weight. I think really like if I cut my diet, if I stop drinking, if I, you know, really focus on the diet a little bit more, I could really, based on how I'm exercising, I could really knock it down pretty quick. But, you know, uh, I'm constantly, you know, uh, overcome with the positive power of nothing matters. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, I'm not saying it in a, in a bad way where, you know, give up on life because nothing matters. Now, it, that is the truth about life. And I'm sorry to tell you this, but the, the further and further you pull yourself into a bird's eye view of life, it will matter a lot less. And, you know, my grandfather dying, it just always like when you go through a death, it brings that back into you. What do you become when you die? You are a pile of paperwork for someone else. And, and you know, I guess your legacy, you know, you just don't know what you have in this life. Uh, if, if this is, if this is really it, if this is your one shot at humanity, then, you know, you got to take the positive power of nothing mattering and just fucking go for it. You know, why give up? Why fantasize about killing yourself? You know, like you've, you will be dead. Don't worry. That's going to come eventually. But you know, it's just, you know, you, you have pain, you have, you have uh, love, you have affection and you have all these things that you can experience even in this dark and gray fucking year we've had with this pandemic. And still, I feel the urge to want to keep going do. And now I'm starting to think different ways. Like maybe, maybe I don't want to act anymore. Maybe this is done. Maybe I'm ready to move on and do something else. Cause it doesn't fucking matter. I'm not judged by my God damn fucking IMDB credits. Who cares? You know what? If I stopped acting right now, I've done a lot more than a lot of people ever did, ever will in this field, right? There's a lot to be proud of. And I did that while balancing on one leg. Let's put it that way. You know, I, I what you got to do in this business, if you're going to make it is get down on two fucking legs in a, in a football crouch and plow through, but you can still stand on one leg holding a plate on a stick. And that's kind of like how I've done it the old time. I haven't gone as hard. That would be my one regret about it. If I do walk away and it's something I think about because, you know, once auditions go back where we have to go inside and I have to drive downtown, I don't think I can do it. 
I think I got to stay this way. I got to stay self tape way, uh, for the rest of, for the rest, you know, I, I don't think I can do it. Don't think I have it in me. And I think a lot of people are going to have that as well. Um, but you know what? There's a lot of fucking birthdays today that we need to celebrate. Don't you worry. You thought I forgot. I fucking didn't. Let's fucking go. Big fucking day today. We got Emily Blunt. You know Emily Blunt from the uh, the Quiet Place, Devil Wears Prada. She's 38. Happy birthday, Emily. You know, uh, married to John Krasinski. My ex-girlfriend, uh, Natalia, uh, was a photographer, I think, at, uh, at the Toronto International Film Festival, and she was shooting pictures of John Krasinski, and she said she got a death stare from Emily Blunt. Interesting, eh? Dakota Fanning's 27. Wow, the little I Am Sam girl. Look at her now. Remember how poised and serious she was at that age, and now she's a 27-year-old woman? This is fucking weird. Kristen Davis is 56. Charlotte from Sex in the fucking City. Heard there's a reboot coming. No fucking Sam. Mantha, though. No fucking Big. What are people tuning in for? These old fucking hags? <laughs> Josh Gad is 40. Happy birthday, Josh Gad. You know, I don't really know much about Josh Gad. I know that he was in that... Uh, that South Park musical that was really his start he's a, a great singer you know Broadway guy and then he you know does Frozen and all this stuff so I've started watching Central Park it's uh, it's actually pretty funny but you do have to like musicals because it does break into musical quite a bit uh, Michelle Barrett you know Michelle Barrett that was Gene Roddenberry's wife now she died over uh, 13 years ago now but she would have been goddamn 89, 80 fucking nine. Aziz Ansari, okay, he's 38. He's one year older than me, it looks like. I thought he was my age, he's not one year older. Happy 38th Aziz Ansari. Hopefully uh, you're able to build your career again. Good sir, you're funny. Uh, Patricia Richardson, your mom, my mom from Home Improvement. She's 70 today. Has she done anything else since then? Probably a lot of Hallmark movies. Don't really fucking know. Uh, but you know what? Yeah, I grew up with her as a mom on that that show, the 90s, the early 90s to like, what, 98, 99? It's funny when you have those shows that you, that you really grow up with. You know, I wasn't a Seinfeld fan back then. I was a goddamn Home Improvement fan. I didn't become a Seinfeld fan until I was like a teenager. Rashawn Hammond, you know him, you love him. He's 39, thud butt from Hook. Uh, he, uh... It's pretty much all he's done. Hasn't done much else. And uh, I listened to a podcast with him, and he was just talking about how he was trying to get a fan film for Hook made, and Robin was going to uh, appear in it, apparently. That's how nice Robin is, but uh, he had trouble getting in contact with him, obviously, and then, uh, well, he died. Alan Ford is 83. You might know him. My only really role that I recognize him from. I knew that face when I saw it. 83 fucking Brett Top from Snatch. If you fucking check out Gone Richie's Snatch. Fucking love that movie. Alan Ford plays Brick Top, the big fucking gang leader, and he's like fucking, you know... Do you want a tea? And he's like, oh no, I don't need any sugar. I'm sweet enough. It's like, oh shit, brick top. Uh, and you know, that's pretty much it. You know, I'll say, you know, uh, a late shout out to Mark Price. Uh, he's 53. I think he was on Family Ties. And 
David Warshawski is 60. And you know why I say David Warshawski? I don't know who he is, but I have seen him in many a stuff. And if I am to continue a career, it is going to be like David Warshawski's. Just doing one role here or there every fucking year of your life. You know, making the men. Hopefully you bought a cheap house. That's the fucking goal. That's the fucking goal. Happy birthday. Health News. News that is health related. I feel like we're fucking rolling on this one. You know, I was going to do this podcast last night, but then I was in such a shit fucking mood, shit fucking mood. I just didn't, uh, I didn't feel like getting to it. I didn't feel like fucking getting to it. So, uh, I've got three things I want to talk about in health news. I'm going to drop it to two because we did blow 10 on fucking left behind. And I will say that, uh, another thing that I've added, you know, cause I'm always changing up the dynamic of the podcast for you guys, for my South African listeners, my Russian listener, my American listeners, uh, you know, uh, Irish listeners, I'm always trying to change it up a little bit so you can have a little bit more fun. I'm going to talk about two things today. We're going to talk about canker remedies and we're going to talk about profi. I don't know what the fuck profi is, but we'll get to that. But I have had the worst fucking canker of my goddamn. uh, It's been one of the worst ones in a while. And the reason for it is that I bit my mouth and then it turned into a goddamn canker. And, uh, you know, that it's kind of, it's what happens sometimes, you know, usually you just get cankers because of your pH is off, uh, poor mouth hygiene, uh, Oral hygiene, you know, mouth hygiene. Jesus Christ, come on. Yeah, my my college diploma is showing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, I had like, I think I saw a little canker in my mouth and I was like, oh, I want to try and bite that fucker off. And, you know, I've had the best oral hygiene I've had in years. I'm flossing every day. I'm brushing my teeth regularly. Uh, you know, I'm wearing my night guard at night because I chip my tooth. We've talked about that. And... So, uh, anyways, I had this little annoying thing and I was like, fuck, it was on the inside of my, you know, bottom of my bottom lip. So it's like, I can get to that. And I, I think I just kind of lost control. I've got pretty sharp teeth and I just started biting the inside of my fucking lip and I like really like cut myself. So that turned into a canker and wowie zowie was that fun to deal with. Anytime you have sugar or salt, it just uh, sends an alarm right to your brain. And uh, the worst was having sushi on the weekend. I had sushi and the soy sauce maybe is what started the turning point. The most painful experience I've had yet with a canker, soy sauce. Watch out if you're eating goddamn sushi. Now, I will give you a couple of, uh, you know, uh, ways that what they say to do uh, if you want to uh, remedy the goddamn canker. One is alum powder. It's made from potassium aluminum sulfate. It's often used to preserve food and to pickle vegetables. Alum has astringent properties that may help shrink tissues and dry out canker sores. So you get this powder, uh, you put a drop of water in it, make a paste and put it right on the canker sore, leave it on for a minute, rinse your mouth and uh, keep doing it daily until your sore is gone. Now, number two, the classic one, this is what I did, the salt water rinse, okay? Apparently what it does, the salt water, when you're rinsing a canker out, it uses the process of osmosis to 
like drain the cells in the canker and you know because it's like an ulcer in your fucking mouth and that is what helps to dry it up it's always trying to dry it up and salt seems to be better sugar really makes it worse i also tried this the baking soda rinse now you want to restore the ph balance and reduce inflammation that's what baking soda will do so, you know, you know, you mix it in a cup with some water and then you swish her around. Now, the other thing too is now, again, this was from an injury for me, but some people get them because of, uh, you know, their diet and stuff. And one thing they're saying is to have yogurt and, uh, especially, um, sometimes cankers are caused by like bacteria or inflammatory bowel disease. So if you're getting more, um, uh, probiotics in your body and you're, you're helping, you know, uh, settle down your intestines, then that apparently can help for people that get them. You know, the guy that made, uh, the theme song for podcast, Fat Boy, Mr. Adam Kennedy, back, uh, episode two, growing up skinny. If you want to check him out, I got to have him back on sometime. If I ever have guests again, he used to get the worst cankers I'd ever seen. He'd have fucking dime sized cankers under his lips. I remember one time he pulled his lips back and I'm surprised they weren't burning through his cheek. It looked fucked. And he, I can't imagine the pain that he was going through. So that was some fucking yogurt. If he, that seems something he might've needed honey. Fuck. Well, I love honey, but isn't that, that's the sugar. I don't understand how the fucking honey works here. Sugar. I feel like is bad, but uh, honey has antibacterial and anti-inflammatory abilities and uh, it can reduce canker sore pain, size and redness. It also helps prevent a secondary infection. So, you know, just take a gloop of honey raw. If you got it unpasteurized, better, unfiltered, great. Manuka, yes. Put a little dab of that on the kank and then uh, lick it like fucking Winnie the Pooh Pooh and you're good to go. And I'll just give you one more one more that I thought I haven't tried it yet, but I might fucking try it next time. Chamomile compress. You know chamomile tea. You fucking eat it when you're trying to go to sleep. Okay? Well, chamomile's got an anti-inflammatory and antiseptic abilities. Azaline and levaminaminol. Okay? That's how you say it. Levaminaminol. Levaminol. I think that's how you say it. Chamomile tea bag. can serve as a compress to soothe canker sores. So you just get that sucker wet, and then you put it like a big big tab if it's like under your lip like it was mine put it under that fucking lip and just uh have it like a big fucking baseball players chewing tobacco okay so that's you know there's a bunch more you know uh, you can try a bunch of different stuff but uh, those ones should get you through it i also use uh you know a zero alcohol listerine mouthwash that seemed to help too um <clears throat> and let, let, let's move on now to profi what the fuck am i talking about with Profi. Well, this has become a big hit on the, 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 the TikTok where all the kids are on, right? I'm not on TikTok. Don't plan on ever doing that. Seems like a nightmare for me. Uh, Profi now is, it's what it sounds like folks, right? It's putting protein powder in your coffee and apparently it's a big hip. Uh, you know, people were doing whipped coffee for a while, but now it's, you know, you go to Starbucks, you get three shots of espresso and, uh, you, you put protein powder in it and, uh, there you go. You've got profi and uh, a lot of dietitians and healthcare pr- pr- practitioners are, are saying, Hey, you know what? 
this is good. It's starting your, you're starting your day with protein is what they're saying. We need a lot of protein in our diet. You need it to repair those muscles when you're working out. You need it for energy. You always feel better. My wife's always saying that she's always got to have start with protein, have protein at the beginning of the day. So now people are throwing protein powder into coffee. Now we've got two types of protein powder here. We've got a chocolate flavored one and we have like a berry flavored one, which is good ground up with, you know, spinach and vegetables. Uh, I really enjoy that one. So the chocolate one would be good. You know, it's low sugar. I think there's only seven grams in one scoop of their protein powder. So that's not bad. And, uh, yeah. Uh, let me just see here. A registered dietitian named Amy Davis said, Profi's potential health benefits come from its primary nutrient, protein. Your body uses the macronutrient to build and preserve lean muscle mass. That's what I fucking said, Amy. Uh, And it's found in every cell in your body. Of course, that's protein, babe. Uh, I will post this on the, uh, in the show notes. I will say that, uh, you know, check out the show notes. I've had a little fun with the show notes now. Lots of hyperlinks going on. They're going to send you to an image, uh, you know, because I'm having a little fun with it. Like uh, last episode, you'll see Marilyn Manson is uh, hyperlinked. I talked about Marilyn Manson a little bit. And uh, if you click on his hyperlink, you're going to get sent to a picture of a beautiful set of beef ribs. And uh, why, you know, maybe you want to click on these images before the episode and see what, you know, why is he going to, is he going to talk about beef ribs? Is he going to talk about ribs at all? Of course I am. Marilyn Manson and ribs go together just like the human body. Uh, so I've been having a lot of fun with that. That's a new thing I've been doing because I have to hyperlink so fucking much on the other podcast, uh, to people's Twitters and whatnot. And now I'm just having, making it more a fun of the show notes. So you can, you can have fun listening to the podcast and you can also have fun in the goddamn show notes. So, uh, yeah, Profi. Anyway, I will post a link to Profi to this actual article on verywellfit.com if you want to check it out. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I don't know how I feel about it. I like my coffee the way it is. I don't, you know, I just, I made a protein shake and I went a little nuts and put, uh, some peanut butter in with the chocolate protein shake and, uh, put it in a blender and did I put something else in protein shake water and, uh, it made it very thick. Oh, a banana I threw a banana into, and it was just a bit too much for me. I, you know, I've been to gyms and you get a protein shake there and they put a banana in and it's like, sometimes I'm, I'm down with it. Sometimes I'm not, it's, it, it adds a weird texture and taste. You know, I don't like the hint of banana and chocolate. You know, it does seem kind of fucked up. You know what I'm fucking saying here, folks? Um, so anyway, might be something you want to try. You can't get your fucking meal in. You want to keep it liquid. Put a fucking protein powder. Get yourself a nice chocolate one. Get a mocha one or something. Throw her fucking in. You know, I use vegan, vegan protein powder. So, hey, you fucking vegans out there, you could do this fucking too. You know what I'm saying? Get it in there. Get your protein going and you're going to be having a fucking laugh. Okay, we're going to end it off with some other shit here. You know, as I said yesterday, I was going to record and then I didn't. I was feeling off. I was feeling really fucking off because I was released from another commercial. And I'm getting really fucking tired of this old song and dance. You know what I mean? Been, uh, I've had a, 
I've had a pretty good career. You do a decade where you're booking consistently with commercials. That's pretty good. You're not supposed to be sticking around that industry after 10 years. You know, in Canada, yes, maybe a little bit more because getting a, a paying fucking job as an actor is damn near fucking impossible. If you're a new little young actor in a high school or something in in uh, Canada, uh, you know what? Email me at podcastfatboy at gmail.com and I'll tell you why you should probably stop don't do it. Uh, do something else. Take, don't go to fucking acting school first. Go do your, your undergrad, get, get a bachelor's degree, start there. And then if you're really, you know, through that whole process, go and do some courses here and there stuff you can do at night, maybe an elective or whatnot, but don't fucking throw all your fucking eggs into one basket. It's like, I didn't realize that like I knew it was always going to be tough. Even when I was a 15 year old kid, when I made the decision that I'm going to be an actor, I have talent, I'm going to do it. And I know how hard it's going to be, but I'm going to persevere through it. You know, I had that bullshit naivete and you know, there's a lot of things as you get older that come up that it's not just about getting an audition and not getting an audition, uh, or booking a role, not booking a role. It's, it's, it, there's more shit. Your brain starts to get smarter. You start to want to earn money because you realize how important it is to make this fucking world go around. You start to have political beliefs that interfere with you acting in commercials for real estate or for fast food or, you know, banks or whatever, you know, you see them as part of the problem in society and maybe you don't want to lend your face to them anymore to promote them. And these are some of the things that I do go through. And, you know, it's just, it got released and the, the edition went really fucking well. They seem to like it. And then, you know, you, I've gotten a lot of these fucking texts from my agent now. Or it's just like released. And it's just like, it really fucking, it's making me feel like uh, maybe it's time to read the room a little bit. This has got to change in some way. Or I got to fucking, I got to fucking do something different. I got to change my life because I can't do this anymore. And as I said before, if this shit goes back and people are like, oh, we got an audition. I got to drive into the city for a fucking commercial audition. I don't think I can do it, man. I'm getting too old for this shit. You got to be like the only, the, from what I, you know, I'm an observer. I'm a great fucking observer. And the people that I notice that are still doing it into their forties, still doing the old fucking commercial song and dance, you know, trying to get parts on TV in Canada, but staying in Toronto, which is the problem. And, and, you know, doing the commercial thing is, is they're usually in a relationship with another actor who's doing the same thing. So they can kind of, they're in that same struggle. Right. And I think that that, you know, that helps to propel each other up. And I think it just seems like a lot of people that I see that, that consistently do it uh, as they get older out of their, the cool fucking years to uh, book commercials, which, you know, I was very successful in mid twenties to uh, early thirties. That's the fucking ticket. And then as you get older, you're doing the shitty dad fucking tide commercials, girls, fucking your kids shirts getting dirty and uh, it's boring. It's boring fucking shit. It's not fun anymore. And you know, the one that I did on Friday, the, the edition, it was actually f a little bit fun, even though I fucking hate real estate. I fucking hate you remax. You should have fucking taken me. Fuck you. Anyway, uh, I do hate fucking real estate. I think it's a, a, a f cartel run 
goddamn money laundering scheme and uh you know every house is ridiculously overvalued the house that your parents bought for two hundred thousand dollars in the 80s should not be worth 1.2 million now should not be anywhere near that should not you know you should not be able to make your fucking money that way just by paying your mortgage and sitting on a fucking property that's so fucking dumb what is wrong with our fucking company uh anyway I've been, uh, uh, some other shit, you know, Ted Cruz got to talk about this fucking Ted Cruz guys. Is he fucking Canadian? Who the fuck is this guy? How did this guy get to run for president when he was trying to win the primary when he's born in Alberta? Arnold Schwarzenegger can't be fucking president. He's born in Austria. What, why does this fucking guy get a pass? I don't understand it. I don't fucking understand it, but he's, a uh, uh, he's like, I, you know, I sometimes refer to him as the penguin. He looks like the penguin. He's got that, you know, that gilly looking motherfucking face, his nose, and he's, you know, could be uh, Danny DeVito's nephew in Batman Returns, maybe. He looks like someone that's got the fucking penguin hands, eats smelts, uh, but he's, he's, he wouldn't be fucking cool enough to, to run a fucking Batman gang. You know, like people wouldn't respect him and fucking dress up in clown costumes running around the city trying to kill Batman and rob people and whatnot. No one's going to listen. He's not penguin material. He's not fucking penguin material. And he's incited a riot. He flew his kids to Cancun uh, during a, a major fucking disaster in Texas. The guy is human shit. And I just don't understand when I think of Texas... I think more of Chuck Norris and Walker, Texas Ranger. I'll be honest. I don't know much about Texas, but I think them as like a strong fucking cowboy run, you know, and you get this little weasel who they just love electing who doesn't give a shit about anybody but himself. And he's just, I don't know what state, maybe Wyoming. I think I've mentioned this before, Iowa. I don't know. He just seems more suited for, you know, like a, like a North Dakota with four seats, you know, like not, not fucking Texas. This guy's not a fucking Texas. Some other shit I want to get to uh, before we cap it off. Uh, I've been watching Last Man on Earth again. I started watching Last Man on Earth last winter, probably February, before the pandemic actually kicked off its fucking boots and uh, jammed its foot up our ass. Uh, and, you know, I, <laughs> I watched the whole sh series again. I can't stop watching it because the episodes are so short that it's like, you know, 20 minutes goes like that. And uh, it's just, it's so funny to me. And it's so comforting in a weird way. And now I'm watching again, you know, we're a year into the pandemic almost. Don't know what I'm going to do for the anniversary yet. Um, but uh, it's just, it makes me think about how, you know, and this is probably why I'm not very successful in the comedy world, because, you know, I never loved Saturday Night Live. I still don't, um, but I don't ever want it to go away because it gives the best fucking shit to TV and film. Like those comedians that come out of there that wheel out, you know what? Keep doing your fucking thing. Uh, your crap fucking sketches at 1139. I don't care. Every once in a while, I'll see a clip of a good one. That's all I fucking need. And then get the fuck out of there and do some TV shows and movies and show the fucking stars you are. That is what SNL really is about. It's who gives a fuck about, you know, it's just another second city or groundlings. It's just another thing to, to uh, exclusive club for these comedians to be a part of and hone their skills a little bit, but 
excel once they leave. And man, that show, just seeing, you know, Fred Armisen and Kristen Wiig and, and, you know, of course, Will Forte, these guys are just so fucking funny. And, you know, yeah, you owe a lot of that to SNL. Wonder what'll happen when, you know, uh, Lauren Michaels dies. The man's in his mid seventies now. Does the show continue? Do we go back to the Dick Ebersol years of the early eighties when the show almost went off the fucking air? Who's going to take over Tina Fey? Who's going to take over that fucking thing? Who knows? Maybe it'll be done. Maybe it dies with Lauren. Who knows? But in the meantime, do your fucking lame ass shit in your <laughs> at night, you know, which is, you know, anytime sketch just doesn't work on uh, a quick turnaround. It really doesn't, you know, that's why they do so many sketches. Cause you might get one or two. That's the best you're going to do. It's like, there's no fucking way, you know, if you, if you put some time into it in the off season and had some good sketches ready to go, maybe they'd be better, but uh, you know, they're trying to stay current and I get that. Keep the fucking, uh, wheelhouse going for the funniest fucking comedians in the world. This is a bit of a fucking wild one <laughs> left behind. Honestly, go watch that garbage fucking movie. I tried to see if they used the take where I laughed in Kirk Cameron's face, that fucking bigot piece of shit. 